Join WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio and tour guide Guy Murphy of Totally Yours and enter into scripture, bringing to life the rich traditions of our Catholic faith as we journey with Jesus. Welcome to this episode of Journey with Jesus, including the 15 proofs that Jesus Christ is the Son of God on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I'm your tour guide, Guy Murphy. Joining our pilgrimage to the Holy Land are Tim and Beth Deichel. Welcome, Tim and Beth. Thanks, Guy. I'm glad to be here. I'm learning a lot as we journey with Jesus. Last time, we went to the grotto inside the Basilica of the Annunciation in Nazareth that contains the fourth wall of the house where Jesus started his pilgrimage on earth. We learned about how the greatness of Mary is often clothed in humility. Where are you taking us today? Today, we will go to St. Joseph Carpenter Shop and hear what a great man he was. We will pay a short visit to the ancient synagogue that Jesus went to as he grew up. Then we will learn about the angels as we travel to the hill country of Ain Karim, where Mary visited her cousin, St. Elizabeth, who was to be the mother of St. John the Baptist. What is it like there? First, we are going to St. Joseph's workshop. St. Joseph is one of those silent, yet very powerful men in the church. The ancient workshop of St. Joseph is right under the main altar. You said St. Joseph was a great man as well. Yes, God chose St. Joseph to look after the body of Jesus Christ. So what happens? God says if you are faithful in small things, he is going to entrust you with greater things. The church declared him the universal patron of the entire mystical body of Christ, which is the church. So St. Joseph is a very powerful saint. St. Joseph has many titles, and he was in charge of the Holy Family as well as the protector of Jesus and Mary. His job as protector is clear as we consider the Holy Family made the flight into Egypt to escape Herod's plan to kill Jesus from Matthew chapter 2. St. Joseph has also been given the title of the patron saint of all families. Families need protection in these days. Further, since the Blessed Mother is a virgin, he is the patron saint and the guardian of all virgins. I suppose that is why the women religious, especially St. Teresa of Avila, ask St. Joseph's intercession so often. St. Joseph is also known as the worker in the carpenter shop and is the patron saint of all workers. We celebrate that feast day on May 1st every year. St. Joseph the Worker. There is more. In the Old Testament, one of Israel's sons' name was Joseph. When the big famine came, Joseph was in a position of power. Whenever the Pharaoh needed food or supplies, he just said, Go to Joseph. Go to Joseph. That was the plan. Go to Joseph. That foreshadowed what we do as Christians, and many a prayer have been answered through his intercession. We could always say, go to St. Joseph for all our needs. He can help us out a lot. Some people complain that we Catholics ask saints for help, and we should only ask God for help. I'm not sure how to reply. God calls us to help each other out of love while we are on our pilgrimage on earth. 
when we get to heaven, our love is perfected and actually we could help each other out even more. The saints are our big brothers and sisters in heaven as we are one family of God. Each saint had their own style or even specialty on how to love and serve Jesus Christ. That is nice, but shouldn't we go directly to God? Didn't I hear you praying to get your car fixed last week? Yes, I think it gives glory to God to ask Him for the grace so that I can make the right decisions and have the outcome not be so severe. Didn't you take the car to a mechanic? Of course. God's divine providence often uses human talents to answer my prayers. And when you are sick, do you go to a doctor? Yes. I also pray that God provides through the doctor. It is the same way for the saints. If we have lost something, we pray and ask St. Anthony to help. If we have eye trouble, we ask for St. Lucy's help. If we are struggling with our family, we ask St. Joseph for his help. It is the same divine providence at work as in the earthly world. We just have to make sure we give glory to God. Okay, I get it. Someday, when Jesus' kingdom will reign on earth as it is in heaven, we will all still have our talents, but we will help each other with more love and give glory to God, just as the saints do for us today. The saints are part of the mystical body of Christ, and since we acknowledge their goodness as coming from the grace and power of Jesus Christ, it does give glory to Him. That sounds like a wonderful world when God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the back of the shrine, there's a deep hole with some steps in the ruins down there. What is it? That is an ancient baptismal font. See the small tiles on the floor? That was typical of the Byzantine period around 600 to 800 AD. Many people then as today would ask St. Joseph intercession as they were baptized into the faith of Jesus Christ. I suppose that entering into the Christian family through baptism in this place would be very special. Yes, a couple more things. In the corner, there is a picture of St. Joseph dying. When he was dying, he was in the arms of Jesus. St. Joseph had the Blessed Mother there praying for him. Because of this, he is also the patron saint of the dying. And further, he is the patron saint of the poor souls in purgatory. St. Joseph clearly has a powerful role in the church. How does that affect us today? We can not only ask St. Joseph for help, by observing his example, we know that if we are faithful in small things, God will entrust us with much more. There are two other windows with St. Joseph down there. Two other windows include Teresa Avila, who is a Carmelite. She asked her sisters to call on St. Joseph frequently as they worked on their inner journey because St. Joseph did not speak any words in the gospel, but he's also the patron saint of the interior life. We always like St. Joseph, the strong but quiet type. Anything else? Finally, the angels spoke to Joseph in a dream and said, Fear not to take Mary for a wife. She is conceived of the Holy Spirit, from Matthew chapter 1. 
Again, the angel told St. Joseph, Arise, take the child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Herod will seek the child Jesus to destroy him. From Matthew chapter 2. Note, as we meditate on this, Matthew was a man of the world, not a naive guy who would believe any idle tale spoken to him. Matthew used the phrase, the child and his mother, and not the child and your wife, to show the chaste relationship between the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. Wow, there are a lot of truths there in the scriptures once it gets pointed out. I know the church calls Mary a perpetual virgin. As you said before, sometimes her greatness is clothed in humility. Praise the Lord. While we are in Nazareth, let us go to the synagogue where St. Joseph would have taken Jesus as he grew up. The synagogue is close by, only about three blocks from the carpenter shop. The ancient synagogue looks like a simple building, almost a cave. This is the synagogue where Jesus went as he grew up. We could imagine St. Joseph and Jesus coming here every Sabbath to pray and to hear about the law, the Psalms, and the prophets. It was God's will that Jesus remained hidden for the first 30 years of his life and worked in all humility as a common worker. It is good to keep in mind as most of us work at simple tasks but strive for holiness. St. Joseph was entrusted by God to maintain the secret of the Word incarnate. When Jesus grew up and started his public ministry, he made many miracles and then came back here. At first, his local people were impressed, but then they rejected Jesus. Let us listen to the scriptures and then ask ourselves, why did the people get so angry? Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and a report concerning him went out through all the surrounding country. He taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And he went to the synagogue, as his custom was on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read, and there was given to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him, and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Is not this Joseph's son? Doubtless, you will quote to me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here also in your own country. Truly, I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his own country. 
But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when there came a great famine over all the land, and Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and put him out of the city, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city was built, that they might throw him down headlong. But passing through the midst of them, he went away. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 30. So, why did they get so angry? They wanted to throw Jesus off the cliff. Because Jesus outdid everything that the greatest figures in their scriptures had done. And they were reading about in the synagogue for years and years. Yet they knew him as a carpenter's kid. Someone who they felt was inferior to themselves. It was too much for them to handle. As Jesus said, no prophet is without honor except in his own town. We pray for priests here because sometimes they need to deliver tough messages to their parishioners, but fear of being thrown off the cliff can prevent them. We will pray. We have to take a short break. For more information about our pilgrimages and books, visit www.totallyyours.org. I'm your tour guide, Guy Murphy, on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, taking us on a journey with Jesus to the Holy Land. Hi, I'm Doug Berry from Life on the Rock. The importance of Catholic Radio cannot be underestimated. This is a medium that can reach into the hearts and the minds and the vehicles of individuals at any given time or day. This is one of those ways that we can reach hearts and souls that are hurting and that need to know the grace, the strength, the healing power of Christ. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Are you enjoying this WSFI local program and want to share it with others? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen, Then Programming. That's WSFI Catholic Radio, Listen, Then Programming. 
Welcome back. This is your tour guide, Guy Murphy, on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, taking us on a journey with Jesus to the Holy Land. Here with our guests, Tim and Beth Deichel. We are leaving Nazareth and headed with Mary to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. The scriptures state that after the angel Gabriel announced to Mary that she was to be the mother of God, Mary made haste and went to the hill country of Judea to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is to be the mother of St. John the Baptist. She stayed with her for three months. This looks like a very pleasant journey. It's such beautiful countryside. How far of a journey is it? Yes, it is beautiful for us because we are in an air-conditioned bus. The journey is around 85 miles. Mary is on foot or on a donkey. It is a good opportunity to think about what it was like for Mary to have God living inside of her and making such long journeys. On an earlier pilgrimage, we completed the Camino, or the Way of St. James, with our little group in northern Spain. Our group walked 70 miles over a six-day period. The terrain was similar to this. It was very beautiful but difficult. All of our legs were sore, but we were all smiling because we did the pilgrimage for Jesus. After the Camino, I will always have a greater appreciation for what Our Lady went through, considering she was pregnant and took this trip three times in less than a nine-month period. Wow. Would have taken Our Lady at least a week each time. I never really thought of that. Yes. What is more amazing is Jesus is also taking the journey three times inside the womb of the Blessed Mother. And although He is the Almighty God, He is relying on her for everything. What a paradox of humility and love. So that is what it means to travel to Jesus through Mary. Yes, on our Totally Yours pilgrimages, we imitate Jesus and rely on Mary for everything. As she helped Jesus to get there, she helps us as well. And Jesus, who is the way, expects us to follow his way of humility. Since Jesus is God and full of love, I think his favorite place on earth was when he was living inside of Mary, who loved him so much. Yes, that is a great mystery. Although we are journeying in Jesus' footsteps, we will only make this trip once because Karim and Bethlehem are fairly close to each other. Later on in Jesus' public ministry, we are going to see how he was the tireless, perpetual pilgrim, constantly on the move as he evangelized all over Palestine. Since the angels were very present in Nazareth and at Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, we will mention a few things about the angels. I love hearing about the angels. Personally, I always struggled with the angels. It's hard to believe in invisible but intelligent spiritual beings. I understand, but remember episode number one. When we look at who you are, 95% of your body is made up of four elements. Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen. You are an intelligent spiritual being 
with a carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, and nitrogen casing around it. So which is harder to believe? That there is an intelligent angel without the carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen casing, or there is an intelligent you with a carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen casing. When you put it that way, I guess I am pretty mind-boggling. When we wrap our heads around the wonderfulness of our own existence, it is not so hard to believe in angels. Actually, our weak human body helps us to humble our spirit that tends to pride. Joking aside, I guess if we can accept our existence, we can accept the angels as well. Very good. A few things that the Holy Spirit revealed to the church about the angels include in Catechism number 311. Angels and men, as intelligent and free creatures, have to journey toward their ultimate destinies by their free choice and preferential love. They can therefore go astray. Indeed, they have sinned. Thus has moral evil, incommensurably more harmful than physical evil, entered the world. God is in no way, directly or indirectly, the cause of moral evil. He permits it, however, because he respects the freedom of his creatures and mysteriously knows how to derive good from it. This is puzzling to us because of our limited intellect. When an unfortunate event occurs, we usually consider how it affects us or very few people today or in a very limited time. God allows things to happen because he can derive the greater good that can come from the situation while he takes into account the seven billion people on earth today and how they are affected. He also regards the people who will live in the future and the numerous consequences actions have for all eternity. To believe in God's goodness when unfortunate events occur takes much faith, and this faith reaches its culmination when Jesus Christ is suffering and dies on the cross. We went over the mystery of suffering much in episode number four, but the point is we have free will. The angels and us humans can and have fallen, or we can and have give great glory to God. Also, Catechism number 328 states, The existence of the spiritual, non-corporal beings that sacred scripture usually calls angels is a truth of faith. The witness of scripture is as clear as the unanimity of tradition. Yes, I believe that. Catechism number 330 also states, As purely spiritual creatures, angels have intelligence and will. They are personal and immortal creatures, surpassing in perfection all visible creatures, as the splendor of their glory bears witness. More perfect than me, I accept. It's important to note that Jesus Christ, with all his angels, as Catechism number 331 states that, Christ is the center of the angelic world. They are his angels. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with them. They belong to him because they were created through and for him. They belong to him still more because he has made them messengers of his saving plan.
So the angels glorify God through Jesus Christ. So here we are, and Luke chapter 1 and 2 are filled with the angels, especially as we journey with Jesus. So how can we benefit from the angels? Catechism number 332 teaches that. Angels have been present since creation and throughout the history of salvation, announcing this salvation from afar or near and serving the accomplishment of the divine plan. They closed the earthly paradise, protected Lot, saved Hagar and her child, stayed Abraham's hand, communicated the law by their ministry, led the people of God, announced births and callings, and assisted the prophets, just to cite a few examples. Finally, the angel Gabriel announced the birth of the precursor and that of Jesus himself. Angels help us think of the spiritual world and our spiritual life. There's a lay apostolate called Angels of the New Era. It is an apostolate to teach us how to encounter God through meditation. It is based on 15 stories of angels in the Bible split up into a 33-day period. When we watch the angel, listen to the angel, and imitate the angel, we pick up all the principles of mental prayer. It is like the driver's ed of teaching your soul how to fly. Encountering God through the help of angels. I like it. So how can we be called angels? The word angel means messenger servant of God. St. Thomas Aquinas says the real angels are messenger servants by their function, not by their nature. By nature, they are pure spirits. Humans can share in the title angel because we can also be a messenger servant of God by our function. That is how we can be called an angel. What about the new era? The last day slash new era comes from Peter on Pentecost Sunday. In the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary and the Apostles. Some of the passerbys complained when they heard them speaking in tongues and said, You guys are drunk. Peter is the Pope, and he gives the first sermon of the church. Peter says, No, we're not drunk. This is what the prophet Joel talked about. He said, In the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth beneath. So, what is St. Peter describing? He's describing days in which God is going to use his messengers, servants, or his angels to help renew the face of the earth. So that's how Angels of the New Era is defined in that little book, Angels of the New Era. In episode 5, you said that the true Armageddon would be followed by the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Is that the new era? Yes, and a very important part of being a messenger servant is to meditate. It helps us to apply all the graces that Jesus Christ gave to his church to help give that great peace to the world. We are going to do one of the stories at the shepherd's fields when we arrive there. But to start flying now, you could say this prayer several times. We call it the Angel of the New Era prayer. The first step is let us recall we are with the angels in the presence of God. Are we there yet? Yes. So repeat after me. Dear God. 
dear God, God, I beg you, I beg you, to please give me the grace, to please give me the grace, that the three powers of my soul, that the three powers of my soul, my memory, my memory, my intellect, my intellect, and my will, and my will, will be for the greater glory of God, will be for the greater glory of God. Amen. Amen. I think I'm starting to fly already. Keep learning that angel prayer, and we will encounter God through mental prayer as we journey with Jesus. That completes this portion of our journey in the Holy Land. Today we visited St. Joseph Carpenter's shop in Nazareth and learned about the angels and how to fly with them as we journeyed to Bethlehem. What will we see next time? Next time we will visit En Karim, where Mary visited her cousin Elizabeth, and Jesus made his first hidden miracle we will also visit the spot where St. John the Baptist was born. Great guy. I look forward to it. That wraps up this episode of Journey with Jesus. The audio Bible came from the truth and life. And you could download your free copy of the Gospel of Mark at www.downloadjesus.org. For more information on our pilgrimages, books, and local events, visit www.totallyyours.org. This is your tour guide, Guy Murphy on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. We will talk with you the next time going to Jesus through Mary. Totus tuus. God bless. This was Journey with Jesus on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this or any other program, visit WSFIRadio.org.